You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Who you believe and what you believe is significant. Because what you believe and who you believe will affect your being. It will affect your spirit, soul, and body. What you believe And who you believe will affect the way you think. It will affect the way you talk. It will even be to a degree a guide for you in life. Because from from a moral standpoint, choices that we make are often connected to our belief. I believe this is what I should do, and so you do it. I believe this is what's best for me, and so that's what you, you do. And that's the way it should be when you consider who God made you because he made you a free moral agent. He made you a person of choice. He allows us to choose based upon what we, we sense or what we believe. He gives us his word, but he still allows us as free moral agents to make the final decision. And and, and I have had God's word before me and knew exactly what what it said, but because of my feelings and my sight, I allowed them to dictate to me what to do versus God's word. Have you ever knew what he said, but your belief was more connected to your senses than to your God. And therefore, you you chose what you felt instead of what God said. 
He said he would bless me, but I couldn't see it. I didn't feel it the way I, I, I wanted to feel it, but, but I did feel what I was looking at. And so I believed more in what I felt than what God said. And that's some of our lives that we, we have chose our feelings or our human belief versus what God said. Be because when you consider humans' belief and God's belief, there is a distinction. It's a distinction. And even the prophet Isaiah talked about the distinction between God and humans. He's specifically speaking on God's behalf. Isaiah 55 said, God's ways are not as the ways of man. Neither are his thoughts. And he gave an example. He said, as far as the heavens are from the earth, so are his thoughts, and so are his ways. Folk laugh at certain things when it comes to what God believes. They consider certain beliefs of God as ludicrous, crazy, just don't make no sense. There was, there was a child in scripture that was sick. And so the parents wanted Jesus to come and just pray for the child so, so the child would get better or live. But by the time Jesus had got back to their house, the people were, were saying, look, there's no need for you coming now because the child has, has dead. And, and, but Jesus' belief was not on the same page with them. He, he didn't call them liars. He, he just said point blank, she's not dead. Now get this, he hadn't even seen the girl, but he still said she's not dead. What was he doing? He was speaking by faith. Oh, help me with the Bible now. Faith is the substance of things, not Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what he was speaking. He was speaking faith. Hadn't even seen the child. Hey, she, she ain't dead. And they laughed at him. They laughed at him. Long story short, the child lived. Simply because Jesus was walking by faith and not by sight. And sight in one sense has to do with your senses. He was not basing his belief 
on what he heard from humans. It's one thing when you implement in your being Romans 10 and 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's theological or from God's standpoint. We're going to always believe God's word. But you can't always believe what somebody says. Somebody tells you. Because there is a difference between the belief of humans versus the belief of God. And you have to be careful because as a human, you're, you're caught in between. You are human and so attached to you as a human are your senses. You hear certain things that affect you. You say certain things that affect you. You feel certain things that affect you. That's you as a human. But then God said through the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 that we have to be imitators of Christ. We have to imitate the pastor as the pastor imitates Christ. So here I am, I, I, I'm, I'm human and I'm wrestling with my human beliefs. But I have to put my body or my being in check because God wants me to believe like he believes. Again, imitate the pastor as the pastor imitates Christ. And sometimes it's a battle because your, your senses are telling you to believe one thing, but Christ is telling you to believe something totally different. Woo, and like it or not, if you're not where you need to be in the Lord, you will trust in your senses more so than you trust in your God. Woo, we need to come clean because some of us are still quiet. Will you help me? Ask somebody, have you ever trusted in your senses more than you trusted in your God? Oh, have you ever done it when it came to relationships? Have you ever done it when it came to your money? Have you ever done it when it came to your health? I have found out that when you believe in your senses, most of the time you're going to experience disappointment. I said, I have found out, and I don't know if you have found out the way I have, that when you trust in your senses, you're going to be disappointed. By a show of hands, how many have ever been there? You trusted in your eyes, and, and, and you were disappointed. You trusted in a person, you thought they were going to do the right thing, but you were disappointed. So, we have the understanding that you can trust in your senses or your belief, but it will lead to disappointment. But then on the other hand, I, I have found out that when I trust 
or believe God according to his written and revealed word. It works out. This is the amazing thing. Even when it does not look like it's going to work out. I see Romans 8 and 28 coming to fruition. You ever read Romans 8 and 28? All things work together for the good. To those who love God. To those who are the call according to his purpose. When I, when I looked at it, it didn't look like it was going to turn out. But when I stuck to what God told me to stick to, it worked out in my favor. And, and when you mature, you understand that even though when you believe God, you may not see what you want to see. But if you just trust what he said, everything going to be well. I said you may not see or hear what you desire. But if you just trust what he said, trust what is written, it'll work out in your faith. That's the reason you got to put your flesh under subjection. You got to expect to fight. You got to expect your senses to cut up when you decide to do what God has told you to do. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a back and forth because the senses are your flesh. According to the scripture, they, they wrestle against the spirit. They try to keep you from doing spiritual things. Try to keep you from doing what God told you to do. Because your flesh does not want to believe and experience the salvation of God. But see, when, when we believe God according to the scripture. It opens up a realm that we can never experience with fleshly belief I'm not going to the verse but in Mark 9 and 23 Jesus said to a man if you can believe all things are possible and he was talking about believing according to the word when you put your senses under subjection, put your flesh under subjection, you open yourself up to experiencing the miraculous. If you can believe, all things are possible. To him that believes. I got to open myself up to believe the way God believes. Woo, that's a powerful statement. I got to open myself up to believe the way God believes. And when you open yourself up to believe the way God believes or Open yourself up to operating on the God kind of faith. You expect Jesus to do what regular folk can't do. 
I got to show you something. Go with me to Matthew, the ninth chapter. Stay with me. Matthew 9. I want you to notice what is stated, but especially the implication uh, in the book of Matthew, chapter 9. How many are understanding so far? Well, stay with me. Matthew 9. Verses 28 and 29. Ready? And when he or Jesus had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to the blind men, do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you think I can do what other folk can't do? They gave him a simple answer. Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And he gave them their sight. But it was according to their faith or their Belief. Do you believe that I can do this? Yea, Lord. I believe you can do what the physicians can't do. Yes, Lord. I believe you can do what they say they can't do at the bank. But you have to enter into a realm based upon belief in God. And when you enter this realm, you will experience the impossible, what we call the miraculous. I got to take you further. Go with me to John 11. John 11. Stay with me. I'm going to start at verse 40. John 11. I'm going to start at verse 40. Jesus has, has been giving Lazarus' sister the word. And she has yet to believe the word. You ever been there? You've been getting the word. But you're still not believing it the way you, you need to. That's where we are in the text. And so notice that's the implication with Jesus, what Jesus says to her. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see. And see is not figurative. He's telling her you're going to literally see something. You still with me? But notice again, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Notice what she's going to see, the glory of God, which represents the miraculous. 
which also represents in this particular case his resurrecting power. Him causing something that was dead to come back to life. Him causing a book that has been closed to be open again. Him causing kidneys that have been shut down to start back functioning. Did not I say to you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone. They, they're at Lazarus' grave. He done died. They took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had helped me came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth Jesus said to them loose him and let him go but what did he tell her did not I say unto you that if you believe you're going to see, you're going to experience the glory of God. God wants you to experience his glory, my sister, my brother. God wants you to experience a miracle in your finances, a miracle in your body, a miracle in your life, a miracle in the area where you need a miracle, but it's requiring you to believe. It's requiring you to believe. You got to take your eyes off what you see. You got to take your eyes off the past, what has happened, and recognize that with God, all things are possible. To him who believes. Or him or her that believes. And see in order to have this type faith. A belief. 
You don't just have to believe in just certain things. You have to believe in specific things. You have to believe in specific people. Which brings us to the text of 2 Chronicles 20, 20, B. Israel was facing a battle that naturally speaking, they couldn't win. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something about life. You're going to face some stuff in life. That's just point blank bigger than you. It, it, it's going to be some things you're going to face in life. That to be honest you just don't have the means or the capacity to handle. You're going to experience some things in life. To where you're going to need the omnipotence of all-powerful God to step in your life and do for you what you can't do yourself. Say to your neighbor, it's going to be bigger than you. But it's not going to be bigger than him. It may be bigger than the doctor, but it's not going to be bigger than him. It may be bigger than the bank, but it's not going to be bigger than him. With men, Jesus said, this is impossible, but not with God. With God, oh, how can he do everything? He has omnipotence. The only one that has omnipotence can do anything save fail. But yet it's a fight to believe that God can do what man has given up on. Or what man has deemed can't be done. And the only way you're going to believe what man says can't be done is when you step into that realm a belief that causes you to trust God to establish you. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. When you step into the realm for God to start establishing you or fixing you. You're going to go through some stuff. You're going to go through some stuff in your mind. You're going to go through some stuff in your body. You're going to go through some stuff that's going to that's seem a bit confusing. But it's just God working on you so he can transform you. So he can get you to the point to where you think like the word. Talk like the word and act like the word. 
See, some folks are good at thinking, talking, and acting like the word in church. But you have to learn to think, talk, and act the word outside of the church. Because your biggest problems are going to be outside the church. And in order to deal with, with, with what you're going to face, you have to allow God to establish you. And, and when God establishes you, it's a threefold process. It's a threefold process. First of all, he gives you a basis, a reason for trusting him, for having faith in him. What is the basis? What is the reason? What is the primary? The word. Matthew 24 and 35 says, heaven and earth shall pass. Not his word. Walker, I'm going to have to take you through something. So you can learn how to trust my word. Despite your eyes. Despite your ears. Despite your feelings. Despite your relations or connections with other folk. Because he has to get you to the point to where you are dogged about the word. So determined to stand on what he said, what he promised. That even your own mammy, even your own Uncle Joe can't move you from your set or fixed place. That's got to be your basis. And some of us, we have been in the word long enough to know the word works. Woo! Will you tell somebody for me if it be true? I done been in the word long enough to know that it works. I know we ain't got time for you to pull out your three-day testimony. That's right, your three-day testimony. You can stand flat-footed for three days and tell folk about the goodness of God, how much he done done for you. You don't even have to bring up your pastor. You don't even have to bring up your cousin. You can stand flat-footed for three days and let folk know how God worked work things out for you, if I'm right about it, tell somebody to preach you right about it. You have the testimony that Luke 6 and 38 works. Give and it shall be given good measure. Press down, shaken together and running over. You have the testimony of Romans 8 and 28 that no matter how chaotic, how messed up things get, that all things will work out for your good. 
But that word is more than just what is written and revealed. It has become a testimony in your life. John said, and they overcame him. One reason, because of their testimony. What was, what was the basis of their testimony? The word of God. Experience what, experiencing what God said would happen. And that's how you become established in God. His word. Somebody asked me one time, do you always have a scripture for stuff? Yes. Because that's my reason for doing what I do inside the church and outside the church. They asked me about my grass cut. I bring up a scripture. They asked me about buying this, that, and the I bring up a scripture. They asked me what I'm going to do on such as I bring up a scripture. That is my basis for life. It was Jesus' basis for life to the point to where he said to his chief enemy, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. It has to become your basis for everything. It has to become your basis for why you're doing this, that, and the other. Well, why are you going to the doctor? God let me to go down here and see what's going on. Well, why in the world are you going in? You going on your vacation? In? Well, that's what God understands for us to go on vacation. In. Say, 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 say. Say, you never everything you do needs to be based according to God's word. Second thing. You have to have hope and perseverance in the things of God when you, when you, if you expect to become established. Because hope is a part of faith. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. Romans 8, 24 and 25. Verse 25 tells us if we hope for what we do not see, then we wait for it. How? With perseverance. You're expecting God to heal you, but you got to fight to hold on to what you're expecting. You got to persevere. Because I'm going to tell you something. You can be believing God and all of a sudden he'll come doubt from left field. And doubt going to come to you, but you got to hold on to your expectation or your hoping God to do it based upon his word. You're already established in the word. Now you're just hoping and persevering until God manifests what he promised. Doubt coming again. But then here coming from Centerfield. It was a bad report. You still got to persevere. Whoa, this bad report, but God's still going to do it. Doubt done came. Bad report done came. But you're still hoping 
and expecting God to do what he promised according to his word. But here comes a person that says his name is Clarence, but it could easily be negative. Because he's so pessimistic about your outcome. As if he knows you better than you know yourself. You still have to hope or expect God to do what he promised. But you're going to have to fight Clarence. Not physically, but what he done been saying. You're going to have to fight it with the word. I hear you, but I know what God told me. I hear you, but I can take you to Romans 8 and 28 to show you how God work. But then, in order to be established, you also have to be to the point to where you're staying diligent so the reward can manifest. Because when you do that, you make God happy. And when you please God, next thing, Reward. Hebrews 11 and 6. He who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. God, they talking negative. But I want to give you praise because I know you're still going to do it. Lord, I'm going through it from my crown to the sole of my feet. I can't turn as fast as I used to turn. But I want to give you a turn of victory because I'm still trusting what you said. You got to be diligent. Even when it hurts, you got to be diligent. Even when the pain is somewhat unbearable, you got to be diligent. Even when it seems as if you don't have much breath to take another step, you still have to be diligent. Because what, what the mindset of a faith walker is this right here. I can do all things. How? Through Christ. Because he's going to give me the strength. And so that's how you become established in God. And when you become established in God, you see what other folks don't see. You look to happen what other folks don't expect.
to happen. You look for God to do the impossible. You look to God to show up whether immediately or at the last minute and do exactly what he told you to do. Bottom line, you ain't got no timetable on him. You just know he gonna do it because God never said anything just to say it. If he said it, He'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. Would you tell your neighbor for me? God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not make it good? Will he not bring it to pass? I got to go back to what he told Martha. Did I not tell you if you believe you would see the glory of God? Say to your neighbor, God getting ready to manifest his glory. God getting ready to manifest his glory in your life. You getting ready to experience some things you never dreamed you would experience. All right, sit down. Then the second thing that he mentions in 2 Chronicles 20 and 20 is, is that you have to believe not a prophet, not some prophets, but you have to believe God's prophets. Say to your neighbor, there is a distinction between God's prophets and everybody else's prophets. I I don't want everybody else's prophets. You may want you may want to call that one eight hundred number. I I I want God's prophets. You may want to stop by that house with that little hand sticking. I I want God's prophets. You may not heard about the success of somebody if you bring them a chicken or you bring them a, a, a rabbit at least three pounds. I don't want to bring nobody no rabbit no chicken. I want God's prophets. Say to your name, I want God's prophets. Because God's prophets going to be speaking on his behalf. God's prophets going to be saying what God has to say. Going to be telling you something based upon the word of God. And you're going to see the manifestation of what God done sent his prophets to say. Believe. Look at the verse. Believe his prophets so shall it prosper God put me in a place long time ago he said Walker I got you in this place where you ain't got nothing to eat you ain't got no money your wife mad at you every other day about it. No, I'm just being real with you. Stay, stay with me. And Walker, I know less than a mile away, you, you got a mama and a daddy that's got a freezer full of stuff. She cooked big meals every day. Ain't that right, Cesarity? Used to be every, every day. I don't want you going over to her house. Nor do I want you going anywhere else. You can borrow money or get anything else. I want you to know that I'm the one that's going to deliver you and that's going to bring you up. And it has to be this way 
if you're going to be legit, if you're going to be authentic, if you're going to be bona fide, if you're going to be able to preach and teach my word with conviction. I suffered for years. When I was preaching, I suffered for years. Folk knew how many suits I had. I, even though I switched up, they knew I didn't have one and a half suits. Yeah, yeah. You, if you started with me, you remember that. You know, oh yeah, he got on. He, he got on that same black coat, but he got them striped pants on today. And you know how some folk, yeah, but look like them pants. They 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 getting a little thin too. He done washed them or dry cleaned them so much to where, yeah, sooner or later, a hole going to get it. You know how folks are? Because, see, I got, I got to let folks see you. I got to let them talk about you. Be- because in order for folks to believe my word through you, you're going to have to be a living testimony. You're going to have to be able to prove that I can prosper or cause folks to be productive in every aspect of life. When I didn't have nothing, I was telling folks, God going to make us productive in every aspect of our life. God takes hills. Prophets, not just me, his prophets, through a process in order for them to be a living example of the word they have to prophesy. He said to Hosea, I want you to marry. Go, on. And Hosea was like, you talking about Gomar? What, who, I don't know, but one Gomar. Who is she? What tribe is she from? You know who I'm talking about, Gomar, the one that's sleeping with everybody. And got chilling by four or five folk. You want me to marry her? Yeah, I want you to marry her. So why do you want me to marry her, Lord? Because I want to show Israel an example of how they've been whoring around on me. And I'm going to use your marriage to make it plain to them. He married her. Kept her at the house for a while. But she, she was a woman that just didn't want one man because she didn't have the Holy Ghost. And she left him time and time again. And he at the house keeping her children. But if you read scripture, all of this was because he wanted him to be an example of how Israel was treating God. Then he said to the apostle Paul, after he had knocked him down, he said, you're going to suffer great things, but it's going to be for my sake. Paul.
Paul knew more about jails than houses. Knew more about sicknesses, getting beat up, and so forth than most criminals. But God had to show this in order for the people he was teaching and preaching to to understand the significance and the necessity of the word. See, see in our day and time, folks folk just want to be an apostle because it's popular. Ain't did nothing to be. See, they look at the finished product of Walker and say, yeah, I wish I could get it like Walker. And not, well, you want to go through the... It's one thing to look at Sunday morning, but, but Sunday morning starts way. And see, some of us, we, we have been through similar things because you can't connect to an anointing such as God gave me and not have a that's a bed of ease now you're going to have to suffer you get a hold of this anointing you're going to have to go through some stuff but get this if you suffer with the Lord or endure with the Lord you will also reign with him it's a price but it's well worth it if you keep Believing. It, it was years. I said, Lord, years I went by. I ain't seen no productivity the way you told me. You said I was going to be doing such and such and such and such. You ain't ready yet. It ain't time yet. You understand what I'm saying? And, and so he has to establish somebody that, that when they do proclamate the word... That people are going to believe the prophets. Going to believe the man or woman of God. Be because that there is a kindred spirit there that cannot be denied. That there's going to be a spirit there to the point to where you not only sense the word... But the word becomes a part of your being. The word causes a hunger to get down on the inside of you to the point to where you just believe that despite of a COVID-19 that you are in a season of bigger and better. And, and, and see that says about you that you're believing God's prophets because you're not looking at what's going on on the outside. You're not listening to all of the negative reports. You're just stuck on what God said. And not only are you stuck on it, but you are experiencing it in your life. Why? Because you're believing the prophet. Yeah, yes. When you believe, you're going to act on what is spoken. Yes, you are. 
When you believe God's prophets, it's about acting on what is spoken. What does a prophet do? Speak the word of God. I got to show you a scripture. I'm getting ready to close. Lord have mercy. Y'all stay with me. Stay with me. Go with him to Amos 3. Amos 3 and 7. You know we quote it, but I, 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 I need to show it to you today. Lord have mercy. If you got to go to your table of contents to find it, do that. But make sure you get there. Amos 3 and 7. Surely the Lord God does nothing. Say to your neighbor, nothing. Unless he reveals his secret to his servants. Who? What he, he ain't going to do what? But you think God going to trust something so significant to somebody that does not think, talk, and act like him? You think God going to trust such to somebody that's going to use it to fleece his sheep? You think God going to reveal it to somebody that's known for being in tune with what's going on in the world and not in tune with the things of God? No. The earth is God's and it's fullness according to Psalm 24 and 1. He said, I ain't going to do nothing unless I reveal it to my servants. Now he's not going to reveal even though you got folk that call themselves worldwide prophets. Even though nothing like that is in scripture. In scripture you always see his prophets over certain realms. Certain locations. It's the reason you, you have prophets, they call them contemporaries. That one was prophesying in one region and another was prophesying in another region. The same time. Speaking biblically to people that God has, God had ordained them to speak to. I know he told me to speak to. Very simple. Place of refuge. Refuge connection of church. Point blank. Bottom line. I don't have to be worldwide. I don't have to, I don't have, to have this. That. I just want to do what God will have me do. That's not knocking your worldwide ministry. Or your worldwide whatever. But I just want to be in the will of God. You understand what I'm saying? And so, I ain't going to do nothing until, unless I reveal it to you. And I've already let you know, according to Isaiah 55, God's ways and thoughts are not like the world's. 
So you know God going to say something that is going to seem completely out of season. How can pastors be talking about good, better, happiness, bigger, and COVID going on? See, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't understanding it. It ain't me. It's him. Surely the Lord, God, will do and see, the thing you need to ask yourself when you start asking questions like that, I guess because he's speaking it because that's what God told him to speak and that's what God is doing. Look at what God has done for you despite the times. But how did you know God was going to do it despite the times? Amos 3 and 7. See, it ain't Walker, it's Amos 3 and 7. It's 2 Chronicles 20 and 20. It's bigger than me. Because, see, if I die right now, it's going to keep going on. Because that's God. His word changes. Now, I'm closing. Believe his prophets. So shall the promise. You prosper. I ain't going to tell you all my business, but I will tell you this. Everything he told me when when I didn't have zero, he did it. Yeah. He did it without. Compromising his word. Hold on. He did it. He did it despite me using my education that I went to school for. I'm supposed to be in Silicon Valley working on computers and so forth. That, that's my education. Never happened. Never happened. He did it despite me doing what folk wanted me to do. I'm telling you all this because everything he, he, he does for his prophet is intended to be done for his people. Every, that's how it follows. Everything he does for his prophets, it then comes on his people. That's the progression when, when you see it from, from Genesis to Revelation. You, you'll see God doing the same exact thing he's doing right now you know why Malachi 3 and 6 he changes not Hebrews 13 and 8 Jesus Christ the same help me I'm gonna stop right there let's get the Lord a hand to pray